God bless you all, and welcome to Core 242 Podcast with Pastor Max and Pastora Trish. Join us as we study the Word of God. Amen. So, just kind of go back to, before we start sharing, I was starting the, the service for today. I just want to go back to where this all thing started, right? We, we talked about the, the verse for our church is, is Acts 242, the Core 242. Um, that, that's where our passion, this is where God led us and everything else. This is where our teachings come from. And of course, we expanded it to more than what it is. But again, Acts 2.42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, 43, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miracle signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to one another, to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So we talked about being devoted to God. We've been talking, we've just finished about being filled by the Spirit, and now we're going to start with sharing. And we're going to get into all the things that we share in our lives, share in, in the church. We're going to talk about sharing our time, sharing our, our uh, treasures, sharing our talents, and sharing our testimony. And that's what's going to be ahead of us for the next month or so. But today we really wanted to uh, get into sharing and why it's so important because we wanted to really distinguish the difference between sharing and giving. I think that was the biggest thing as, as Trish and I were preparing for this teaching, sharing and giving became a, a kind of a, a line. It might be a thin line, but there was a line that we wanted to define for us as we prepare to talk about sharing our time with people or giving our time to people or money or all that other stuff. So, so for us, and uh, Trisha, if we want to get more into it, but for us, um, as we talked about, I think everything that we've talked about that we wanted to, anything that we do, we want to do it out of love uh, in unity. Um, not obligation. Not obligation with relational thing. And I feel like, Sharing becomes a little bit more than more that because for me to share something with you, I need to know what you need. Mm. You know what I mean? So for that whole understanding and big part of it is that if we're a community and I want to share something with you, I want to know the need that you have instead of just giving something to you and kind of... All right, go away, and that's it. Mm. And uh, we're going to talk about it in the book of James. But that, that's like uh, a big push that we're going to have is the, the, the separation between just giving and sharing. Right. Yeah, we've heard a lot of teachings over the years. Every church usually bookmarks at least one month out of the year where they talk about giving and either tithing or servant leadership and the importance of serving the church. Hopefully no one's getting super triggered right now. Uh, but we intentionally chose the word sharing instead of giving because the biblical context for that is for the church 
is that we are a community and we are meant to share, not to slave or sacrifice for one another and be a doormat or have this power of separation where one is the minister and one is ministered to. The, the concept that is set up in Acts and throughout much of scripture is one of sharing. So your gifts to the church, whether it's your time or your talent, um, whether it's your whatever, whatever it is that you participate in the community, it is building relationship, building fellowship, and it's mutual. So if at some point in your ministry, you look around and your marriage is struggling, your spouse is neglected, your children are neglected, your home is neglected because of your activity in the church, you've lost the concept of sharing. The biblical model is not to give, it is to share. Giving is one component within sharing, but it is not all there is. So you cannot give something that you don't have. If you are giving of time and it's taking away from other priorities in your life or you're neglecting yourself, then that is time that you technically don't have to give and that is not honoring God. That's so we just we want to start with that right there. So we very intentionally chose the word sharing and it's not just because we liked it, it's because that's what's actually in Acts chapter 2. Mm-hmm. The verb there is they shared. They shared in common. And in Acts chapter 4, I'm going to read this briefly. Acts chapter 4 verse 32 It says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions were his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. So... Again, the the idea is not that people lived in a commune where we just surrendered all of our possessions and we just threw them in a bucket and we lived off of that bucket waiting for the apocalypse. Like that is not, we are not going that route. That is how cults start. And we are, we are going to draw a hard line, hard stop there. But what you do see is that they considered their possessions as we are stewards. We don't own anything. The house you have is not your house. The car you have God gave it to you. So everything that we own does not belong to us. It's not for us to just hold on to. It is for us to share as God would lead us to share. Mm -hmm. And again, that doesn't mean that we just give everything away, but we do share as God leads us to share. And those who had need, there were others in the church who had an abundance. And it's not just with money. It's with time. It's with talent. When, When one part is weak, the other part is strong. And so we look within the community for who has these connections. And, and again, we, it's about sharing. So if I have an overflow in one area and someone else has a lack, we create this equality among us that one should not be struggling while the other one has an abundance, wow. right? Uh, so the key is that also when we share, what you're looking for is two things. One, you're looking for the need in the other. But two, you're looking at where do I have overflow, That is the point of biblical giving and sharing where God wants us to create fellowship and community. You you look within the community and you say, where is there a lack and where do I have overflow? That's good. Not just where am I talented or where do I where am I passionate or what am I, you know, what is God's plan for my life? It's what do I have an abundance of where someone else has a lack? 
And how am I meant to meet that need? What does that look like? And it doesn't mean that you have to fix everything or do everything, but it says from time to time, there were those who had an abundance, right? And they were able to sell their land or whatever and give some of their possessions as they felt led. Not because the pastor did a capital campaign to raise money for the new building. Like it was as people felt prompted by the Holy Spirit. That's why we wanted to do the, not only because God is smart and when Acts was written, you know, the Holy Spirit portion came before the giving part. Um, there's an intentionality to it, but we wanted to study being filled with the Holy Spirit first because you can't give and serve and share out of an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And, and giving and serving and slaving away in the church or through missions or to orphans is not going to conjure up the Holy Spirit. That's not the process. The process is you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and as you become filled and as we share, you overflow, and out of the overflow, others are blessed. Mm-hmm. Not out of a dry, broken place. Ooh. Because all that does is recreate dry and broken systems. Wow. <laughs> so we're going to go to Philippians, right? Mm-hmm. So... So we're talking about sharing, but there's a couple of things that we need to, as we talk about being in unity together, as we're talking about loving one another, as we're talking about being that body, we, we want to look at other things that we will share. So uh, we're going to look at Philippians 4, 10 through 14. So it starts off with, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have not opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here's the secret. I can do everything through, through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. So we felt it was important to include verse 14. Because people like to quote the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? And it's yeah. like, but Christ didn't actually ask you to do that. So <laughs> you might need to dial that back, okay? Because you're you're going to burn yourself out. Like God, you know, wow. Christ did not ask you to wear five hats in ministry and to, wow. you know, he, he, he didn't ask for all that. What he does want us to do, though, is to learn to be content in all circumstances. And then it's so powerful that, He's like Paul says, you know, where God guides me, right? He's going to provide, but it was good of you to share in my troubles. So the goal of sharing and giving, it's not even so that we could grow the church and make the church big or to reach the world for Christ or to feed the orphan and the widow. Like those are all good things. But the reason why we're called to share in the body of Christ with one another is because it says here at the beginning You have renewed your concern for me. This is something that is so lacking in the church. We give and we serve with no context of the purpose. We we do it because it's for our own feeling of self-fulfillment. We're supposed to give and serve to love each other. Mm -hmm. It's a way of showing our concern. It's a way of connecting to each other in a vulnerable way. And when we ask people to sign up to become a deacon or these other things without that context... 
we, we start to lose. And I think a lot of us haven't been able to name it, but we have felt, and it's not that we have that all right. Like we're a work in progress, but you're in church and you're like, I feel like I'm supposed to be part of this church family in this community, but I could be in the same service for 10 years and nobody knows me. Right. And I could, I could be serving 20 hours a week and leave and nobody ever calls Come on. to find out where I am or how I'm doing. Like nobody will miss me. Wow. That is tragic. Mm-hmm. And it's not that people are doing it maliciously. Oh. But it's because we have not looked at these verses in context and we haven't built the church as we've built the church as an institution and an organization, but we have not built it as a koinonia, (laughs) a fellowship, a community, which is what Christ intended. Amen. I dropped my pen. Okay. No, I I think that's, that's for us the biggest thing. And again, Going to verse 14, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Um, the reason they were able to share in their troubles because they knew that he was in trouble and what troubles that he was in. And he knew they, they knew how to help him during those troubles. So I think pushing that, pushing that boundary in relational, in relationships in the body of Christ, that, that, is, that is the need that we need to have uh, while we serve and while we serve others. Uh, so I think that that's that's important thing. And again, uh, that very famous quote about I can do everything through him who gives me strength. He he sets it up as that's the secret of how he, he's been able to be content in all situations. So um, just, just looking at that, we need to know um, like why it's there, why that verse is there. Mm-hmm. So... To to look to look at that, we, I want we wanted to jump into uh, chapter three, uh, verse ten, and keep keep on talking about. Still well, in Philippians. I'm sorry, Philippians, Philippians three. three, verse ten and eleven. Um, it talks about it says, "I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and of fellowship, of sharing in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain." To the resurrection from the dead. So this this is a very powerful words that Paul is talking about. That he wants to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His suffering. That that this the this fellowship and in His suffering is is important is important part of the body of Christ of being able to suffer with. We talked about rejoice with those who rejoice and and uh, mourn, mourn with those who mourn. It's it's that kind of thing. But in here, he's talking about that we're more connected to Christ in suffering um, than in blessings. Mm-hmm. And the, and, with uh, tears rather with, than in worship. Yeah. That, and I think the, that's, deep, that's, that's deep to me to, to think about that. And he said about that when people try to join him, he kept on talking about, with me, there's going to there's gonna be persecution. With me... He said, uh, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but Son of Man doesn't have a rock to put his head on. It's like, that's me, you following me. That's the fellowship that you're going to have with me. It's not going to be sitting and dining at big tables as the kings and princess that they were hoping to be, for him to be as the Messiah. He was saying, you're going to be, I'll be the, I'll be the, I'll suffer and you will suffer with me. Right. Yeah, I think it's really important. So, you know, we just studied the Holy Spirit. The word in the Greek for Holy Spirit is parakletos, which is the one who comes alongside. 
And the the number one thing that that not only Christ but His Spirit is known um, is that that through the Holy Spirit we are given grace and mercy and compassion. Well, what those words mean are to suffer with. So you may have not known this, but when you decided to join Christ and, and call him your Lord and Savior and become a member of the church, you enlisted in the fellowship of suffering. Mm-hmm. So we are called to suffer with one another mm-hmm. for the sake of Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is what we are to do. We are not supposed to come together to find superpowers and live our best life now <laughs> or to, you know, that that's not what we're here for. We're here to enter. So... So when you share and are vulnerable with each other, it is so hard and so scary, but it is an honest and sacred space to say, I am struggling with depression or I am struggling in this area of my life and to trust this community to be able to enter that sacred space with you and discern with you and to grieve and mourn with you and not just, you know, turn up the music and crank up the fog machines. Like that is not what God has called us to do. We are called to suffer with Christ and to suffer with one another. That is what he says here in Philippians chapter three, verse 10, that we want to know Christ. And yes, we want to know the power of resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. That's the joy and the hope on the other side. But in order to know that and experience that, right, you have to go through the suffering first. So it's, it's not just that we pray a magic prayer and everything in our life is full of blessings and And, you know, we walk on a path covered in roses. That's not the case. We, we are making a commitment to share in the sufferings and through our suffering, right? This is why we suffer. We don't just suffer, you know, like ancient, you know, not even ancient, but like monks and, and many do, you know, the aesthetics where they, they like whip themselves and they, you know, you know, crawl on, uh, what, what country is that where they crawl on the. On the grass, like I'm not on the grass, on the, the on the rocks, the and the, yeah. yeah, for like my like yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't have to do that. Like we don't have to create suffering. Like the world is a broken enough place. <laughs> yeah. We have enough struggles. Amen. We just need to we just need to say look at our struggles and say, Lord, I I'm gonna be honest about the brokenness that's here, but I'm gonna enter into it knowing that you will use it to transform me right into the image of Christ. That going back to what we talked about months ago. That is our goal, is to be made into the image and likeness of Jesus. And so we have to trust that whatever we face, whatever trials may come, that we can be content because we know on the other side of that trial, God is using it to change us from the inside out. So he may not give us the healing. He may not wave a magic wand and make everything, you know, live happily ever after. But he does promise that he will be with us, right? That he suffers with us. And that he will use it to complete a good work in us, right? To transform us for his good. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing that, that Trish said. That's why we want to push this on. Before we get into the treasures and uh, and time and, and gifts and talents, I'm sorry, let's stick with the T's. Uh, <laughs> you know, before we do that, we need to understand that suffering part of our faith. And uh, again, not that we need to add more suffering to us, but... But the, the the part where we are together, suffering with Christ and not alone, because that's what this world means, that we're not alone, that there's unity of believers, that there's a body of Christ, that we don't have to suffer alone. That's why we can be, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens, because we can be in content knowing that 
I have a brother and I have a sister with me who we can do this together. That that's what, before we start giving money, before we start giving our talents, wow. before we we do all that other stuff, we need to get to a place of that because that's what God did. Because at the end of the day, yes, he performed miracles, he healed people, he blessed, he fed the 5,000, the 4,000. He did all that. Yes, he gave, he gave his talents and he gave his gifts. He even gave that money out of the fish and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, what he gave us the most is what he suffered on the cross. Mm-hmm. That was his biggest gift to us as a church is that suffering on the cross and, of mm-hmm. course, the resurrection three days later. But that was our big, the biggest gift to the body of Christ, and that's what brings us together. That's what bring, brings us all together from from the beginning of the church in Acts until now and for years to come. It's, it's that suffering gift on the cross and resurrection. So we come together and we do the same thing as he does. So before you get into James, can uh, Christina or Amy Jo, I don't know if you have it up, can one of you read Philippians 2, verse 27 and 28? It's just a side note, but I just want to pause here for a second before we get into the next point, because I think it's important for us to hear. Mm-hmm. 27 through 28? Yep. Chapter 2, Philippians 2, 27, 28. Okay. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him. Therefore, that you may rejoice to see him again, and that I may be less anxious. Okay, so we're not going to get into the whole context of what's happening here, but what comforted Paul was not that the church sent money. It was that they sent his friend, and his friend cared for him. And in the process, his friend nearly died. And Paul says, I'm thankful that you sent him, but I'm going to send him back to you because he needs to heal. Mm. He needs to recover. He cannot stay here with me in prison because it nearly killed him. He needs some space to breathe and to restore, right? And, and, God, and he says that God had mercy. There's that word mercy. Mercy is that suffering with, that God looks out with compassion on us and he prevents Paul from having sorrow upon sorrow. The way that word sorrow upon sorrow is a sorrow that, is, that you can't recover from. Like it's, it's more despair, that there's beyond, beyond hope, right? That God won't let us... He may let us sorrow. He may we may struggle with depression. We may struggle, but he he won't give us into a spirit of despair. But the last part of this is he says that I may have less anxiety. And I just want you all to know, Paul struggled with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Paul struggled with a lot of things. So we have to. <laughs> Paul struggled with a lot of things, but I don't think we may think pride. We may think of a lot of things that Paul struggled with. But here, the Apostle Paul, right? He confesses that he struggled with anxiety. So we need to remove the stigma as a church from these struggles. He struggled with sorrow upon sorrow, which is basically depression. And he struggled with anxiety. And anyone who struggles with those things know those two things come together. And we have to create a safe space without judgment to love people where they're at in the season that they're in. And to stay with them in the pain and not try to fix it. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's my little... So we can get back to the main no, teaching, but, but I just wanted to bookmark that because it was here and... That's good. No, but it's... I, I love the, how, what you mentioned it because I'm going through the verses with Paul. He always like, 
send Mark to me because he blesses me. Oh, brother Luke's been with me this whole time. He doesn't want money. Hey, remember Alex, the metal correct? He he left me. <laughs> the metal worker. The metal worker. Forget <laughs> forget him because he heard me because he left me. You know, you see the the relationships how important he. There's not a lot of times when he's like, oh, you guys forgot to send me money. You forgot to send me uh, this and that. He was like, Man, I just I just I just need fellowship. I'm I need I need somebody with me. Like, please send me my brother so-and-so. And bless the, the people who's been taking care of me, being, being with me. Like, that, that's, it's that sharing, you know? He was sharing in chains, you know? Um, who was it? Silas and uh, Peter? Paul. Paul and Silas. Paul, yeah. Paul and Silas. Worshiping in chains, you know? It's just like suffering, but in wor- not, alone. Of, not alone, yeah. That's that. That's 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 that, that's important. That's what we're trying to sh- talk about in the body of Christ. Is that is that sharing, um, and trying and, and going into James right now. It's trying not to make it super spiritual. All right, because I think I think that that's an important aspect of it. Spirit spirit led, but not spiritual. And the the reason I bring it up because in the I love these verses. I just love James. Period. But. Um, and I'm not going to get into the whole works and faith and all that other stuff, but so I just, James chapter two, 15 and 16. Yeah. So uh, James chapter two, verse 15 and 16. Yeah. This is 15, 16. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? Yeah, I think that that's... You're, you're, it speaks for itself. There it is. <laughs> that, that, I feel like there, there's not, not a lot to say, but there's so many, so many, well, God bless you. <laughs> I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying That's the classic. for you. I'll be praying for you. I I appreciate the prayer, but a cup of, of chicken soup would be great right now. Yeah. You know, let's just yeah despiritualize yeah. it and get real practical. Man, my house is a mess. I'll be praying for that. <laughs> you want to come help me? Oh, no, 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 I'll be praying from far away. You know? It's 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 this thing. I'll come and anoint it. I'll anoint, <laughs> I'll anoint the dirt out of it. But it's it's those things where we're in our relationship and sharing our lives together and we're sitting there and talking and then a need comes up and I have time to do it, but, you know, I'll pray about it. I'll, wow. I'll pray about it. I'll pray for you. But there's so many things that we can do. That doesn't mean that we should do everything that... That that everybody brings up and be like, oh, I need I need to right. go I need to go help them. I, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna find them a job. I'm gonna heal their. I'm gonna have a surgery. For, you know what I mean? It's I'm gonna pay for buy them a new car or whatever else. But if if God leads us, God provides for us to do something for them. Then that's the body of Christ. That that's that's part of it. It's not just being spiritual and saying the spiritual things but being the body of Christ and coming alongside and and sharing the gifts and and filling the need that needs to be filled right so and it starts with suppose that it's a brother or sister and so we talked about this 
a while back about first our commitment is to the Lord, but then we have a commitment to the church as a community of faith before we start going into all the world. And so in this verse, it's just real practical. We don't have to give away everything we have to every stranger who walks by, but we first pray and we say, Lord, this because we are members of one body. And so when one part suffers, we all suffer. Mm-hmm. And it says if your brother or sister is in need, then you, you shouldn't just say, well, I'll pray for you, right? And then not pray, which a lot of us do. But to actually pray, which I remember that was one of my first impressions of Sandra. I was like blown away. <laughs> She's like, well, let's pray right now. I'm like, I like you. <laughs> I'm going to keep you around. But to actually do something in a practical way, right, to bring them a, a meal, to help them to, you know, pack up their stuff if they're moving on town, like these just real practical things. And honestly, to do that as a community, the first thing we have to do, which will be next week, we're going to talk about time. Mm-hmm. We are too busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You cannot form community. You cannot form connection. Yeah. Our culture idolizes being busy. Like, if you're not busy, then you're not important enough. You're not cool enough. You're doing something wrong. You're not being productive. We have to pump the brakes and dial it back and be available for each other. All of us, right? In order to have, because otherwise you're flying so fast, you don't even notice the need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you haven't had a chance to connect beyond like, hey, how you doing? Good, good? No. (laughs) No, we're not good, actually. We all got a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) Like, can we just... Can we just sit and listen to each other for a few minutes? I mean, that would be phenomenal, right? And I, and I know we've been doing it, but we really just want to lean into it and show the scriptural backing and just to see that we are not off course. We're actually getting right to the core, right? No play on words of, yeah. of what God is calling us to do. Amen. Amen. And, and the, the point is, is the sharing, sharing part of, of the body. And I, I love... Uh, the feeding of the five thousand. This is it's one of the miracles that it's in all four gospels, and it, it presents different ways. But I love in John, and John how he talks about it, and it, it's pretty much the same thing. But there's one key that I really loved about it. You know, of course Jesus. There's like all these people, and they're like, "Well, you need to send them away." And Jesus is like, "No, you feed them." <laughs> they're like really 5,000 people plus children and women and everything else is like it's kind of they actually said like there's eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite and here's Andrew my wonderful Andrew uh, he, he says in verse 9 so uh, chapter 6 verse 9 says here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish but how far will they go among so many? And what I, what I love about this, as Trish and I were talking about, the whole sharing and community and everything else, here they have a multitude of people who are hungry. Jesus said, you feed them. Andrew's like, hey, what you got? And this kid's like, I, I got five, five pieces of bread and two fish, two pieces of fish. But they say, I don't have two nickels to rub together. Yeah, so you know what I mean? And Andrew's like, cool, let, let me walk you towards Jesus and see what he can do. The, the great part about this, that kid didn't go hungry. That kid also ate some bread and some fish. It's not he gave it up. It's like, here, That's what it's been taught, right? Right? here I sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. 
I sacrificed to it. I'll go hungry, but you guys eat. No. He was one of the people who was chowing down on the same food. Wow. But he gave out of what he had. And he it shared blessed. it. He shared it. Thank you, brother. He didn't brother. give it away. He shared he it. He shared it, and he yeah. sat down, and he was part of that miracle, and he was part of being fed, and, I mean, it, it's he's recorded in, in, right. in the gospel because of it, but it was sharing. It was something that he did it together. It's not just, you know, you give up and hope something good happens with it. You're, you're right there. Right. You're right there. And sometimes... When there's a need, when we start sharing it, we get to experience it together. And that builds more relation, it builds more unity, and I truly believe it brings more uh, blessings to God. Mm-hmm. No blessings, honor and glory to God. Mm-hmm. When we get to experience yeah. that we're more than the sum of our parts. So individually, we might be struggling through day to day, but when we share what we have with each other, we will find that in this small community, that we have all we need. Mm-hmm. Wow. That there will be no one who has a need, no one who's, you know, not able to get through because we've got each other's back. That's good. Yeah, yeah and I think the, the last verse that we want to look into, uh, Mario, if you can look this up, it's First King 17, starting in verse 7. First king is right before second king. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a rat. You're really helpful. You're always helpful. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Yeah, 17, 7 through wow. 15. And Jesus said that the jokester is not funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am so. All right, Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Mm-hmm. Sometime later, the book dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the world of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour and a jar and a little olive oil and a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and for your son. For that, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says: the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. That's it. The sun dies later. But... Oh, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll it's okay because Elijah brings them back. <laughs> the bread was spoiled. The bread was spoiled. No, We're going to skip those verses. <laughs> no, but Elijah brings them back and it's, oh, it's okay. Yeah, right. But it's outside the scope. It's a whole other sermon for another day. So we'll just pause right there. 
the song dies. <laughs> yeah, he dies. We're, we're not going to read those verses. Though. We're not ready for that. But he comes back again. <laughs> wow. So with this, with this text, we, we wanted to just bring it because, again, this is a sermon that I have heard many times be misconstrued and, and used to kind of compel people to give yeah. when they don't have, right? And and it's guilty, and it's not... So it starts off that God tells... He says that there's a widow who he has commanded, that God has commanded. So Elijah doesn't come and say, the Lord told me that you're supposed to do X, yes. or you're supposed to give X. He, he comes very humbly, and he says, could you give me some water? Before you even jump in there, we got to notice that he's in a place of drought just like she is. Yep. And he's the problem. So, he, so he's in need just like she is. She's, he's not any better than her. He doesn't come in with like all this stuff. He has need just like her. He's in a drought place just like her. He's hungry just like her. He's thirsty just like her. So it's that same place. That's that sharing of the suffering. And this is what God is doing. Go ahead. No, that's good. That's good. Absolutely. So she's in a place where she, because this is what happens. We have struggles and suffering. We don't realize the whole place is in famine, right? We just notice like our little corner of the world. Like I'm over here and me and my son are going to, you know, she's having like this desperate. It's like, I'm just going to make a little bread and we're just going to eat this and die. And it's so, it's so sad. I'm not trying to make light of it, but she's just like, I'm gathering sticks. It's like, so it's so like desperate, right? And and the prophet comes and, and he's just as hungry and just as, and that's what God does is he's like, you have need and you have need. And what I'm going to do is when you share the little you have, I will supply for all your needs according to my marvelous riches and grace, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that she gives it up and risks her and her son's life for the prophet. The prophet does not demand it from her. He politely says, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. And she's like, dude, it's a famine. I ain't got nothing. You're coming to the, you're knocking on the wrong door, right? Mm-hmm. And they're both really honest. Like, he's a prophet. And for a prophet of the Lord to not have what he needs, first of all, the famine and the drought happened because he commanded it. This is really his We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> We're not talking about that. We're skipping that part. <laughs> but he's suffering along with the rest of the people. Like, you know. And, and the, the woman is honest and vulnerable. So they're both having a really vulnerable moment. Like, I get that you're hungry, but I'm just as messed up as you are. Like, what are we going to do about this? And, and then the prophet, like the Lord gives him a word and he says, you know, go make, and, and he says to make his first, but to make a small loaf for you and for your son. So it's not use it all up and then God will just, he, he says, like, you know, she could have made him, like, a, like one bite's worth. You don't know how generous she was, but God says with the measure you use, right? She doesn't say, no way, I don't have enough. She, she does, but it was at her discretion how much she gave, how small, how big, how whatever. And all she had to do was be obedient to the prompting, again, not that, that the prophet had told her, but God says at the beginning, there's a widow that I have commanded. So the prophet is just affirming what this widow, God was already showing her. She doesn't say that, but we know that because God said it. So God will be leading you to do something and there will be another brother or sister in Christ who comes along, who affirms and confirms what the Holy Spirit is leading and teaching because we're two or more gathered. God shows up and God shows up and he supplies not only for the woman and her son, but also for the prophet. And he doesn't, it's not like they're feasting on all this 
luxury. They just have enough flour and oil to survive. But they're able to survive and they're able to get through because they shared what they had. The prophet shared the word and the woman shared her humble little olive oil and a couple tablespoons of flour. And God used that just like the fish and the loaves to take care of everything that they needed um, to get them through. Yeah, again, and that's, um, uh, you shared it, but I just want to hit it for us to understand. This was prompted by God or for us by the Holy Spirit. Like, she says that I'm and my sons are going to die. Let's put put it in perspective. If somebody is ready to die, you're not going to give your last piece of bread unless literally the, the Holy Spirit spoke to you. It's not like, man... I have a 20 bucks in my pocket and somebody's like, hey, can I have 25 bucks? I'm not, unless the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I'm holding on to that 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's one of those, we as humans, we don't do that. Let's let just put it that way. So this was prompted by God. We know that it was prompted by God because otherwise she wouldn't have done it. She wouldn't have done it. And we would not do it. So we we learn about the Holy Spirit and the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the relation of the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit, um, being absolutely um, content with how he leads. And follow, we talked about picking up the cross, meaning doing what Christ did, right? Again, going back to the, the suffering and everything else. But following just like he did God's will, we're going to do God's will when he prompts us to do so. And we need to, through sharing with one another, not only sharing gifts and talents, but also sharing just sharing our hurts and our pains and our wants and our needs. So that way, that through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, we can fill those wants and needs and whatever else is there. Right. So the main thing is, is as we lean into the rest of this study on sharing, that we understand, and we're all on the same page, that as we share our time, talents, treasures, these things, our testimony, we're not sharing out of codependency. Mm-hmm. We're not sharing out of guilt or shame. Mm-hmm. We're not sharing because some authority figure told us to. We are sharing because we have been filled by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is leading us in ways um, to share and to give and to build the community of faith. Um, and to have that fellowship of believers as Christ intended in unity and in love to share, to just love each other and care for each other the way that Christ intended. Love God, love people. Love God and love people. That's it. It's real simple. Amen. Amen. Amen.